to Building Stronger Creatives, a fitness podcast for musicians, artists, nerds, and former misfits. I'm a former out-of-shape professional musician turned personal trainer and nutrition coach to hundreds of clients, and I'll give you no-nonsense information about what it really takes to get and stay fit within the context of a creative life. Here, you'll find practical advice on strength and endurance training, sane and simple nutrition, habit building, and time management tools to help you make lifestyle changes that actually stick. Most fitness coaches have no clue what it really means to be a creative, whether you're a professional or a passionate hobbyist. I'm different. I've been where you are, and I share your values. Let me show you how you can use the gym to build a kick-ass creative life. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Building Stronger Creatives. In today's episode, I'm going to share four simple things that you can do today to start feeling better. One of the biggest complaints I hear from creative clients is that they often feel low energy, they don't feel creative, they have a hard time focusing, and a lot of this has to do with the way that we are treating our physical bodies. I've spoken before how even though we work with our heads and our hearts, all of the stuff that we use to create our art or to do the things that we love lives inside of our physical body. And there's really no way to get around this. And that's one of the reasons why it's so, so important for creative people to pay attention to what they're doing with their bodies, how they're eating, how they're moving, how they're treating themselves. So I'm going to keep it super simple today. None of these things are like stuff you haven't heard of or thought of before, but you can take this as a helpful reminder and maybe an opportunity to check in and see how you've been doing how you've been treating yourself, and consider all of the ways that that might be affecting how you feel and how you show up on a daily basis. Before I get into those four things, just a couple of announcements. I am not going to be doing an episode next week because I'll be out of town, and I probably won't do one the week of Thanksgiving either because I'll also be out of town, so I expect to do just a couple of episodes in November. So thank you for listening as always to those. I am also wanted to share with you in case you didn't know that I have an email list where I send out a longer form email every single week. So if you're enjoying these podcasts, maybe you follow me on social media, but you're not on my email list, I would love to get you on there. It's really an opportunity for me to write, which is my favorite thing to do. I love to write, to share ideas and advice and tips with you in a longer form written context. So here in the podcast, you get to listen to me speak. And if you want more stuff from me, I I talk about different subjects and cover different things in the email versus the podcast versus social media. I would really love to have you on there. It would mean a lot to me. So what I'm going to do is drop a link to sign up in the show notes of this episode. So get on my email list if you're not on there already. If you want to hear more fitness, nutrition, and lifestyle information for me geared toward you, the busy creative person who wants to feel better. So speaking of feeling better, let's talk about four simple changes or things that you can do literally today if you wanted to in order to have more energy, feel less shitty, be more creative, and more present. The fitness and nutrition industries they have done us all a disservice. And I say us because I certainly fell prey to this at various points in my fitness journey. They love to tell us that there is some magic bullet or just one weird trick or something that you don't know yet that you haven't heard about, you've never tried. And that secret magic bullet trick, whatever, is the reason why you haven't been able to make changes, achieve your goals, or have success with your health and fitness. And 
this is a really effective way to market. It's basically fear-based marketing. It's telling you, oh, you know, if you don't know this thing that I know, like you're always going to be out of shape and you're always going to feel bad and you're never going to get what you want. And so it piques our curiosity. We fork over the cash and we continue to buy courses and products and fancy supplements and, you know, diet books and all of these things. A lot of people have spent a lot of money and a lot of time trying this stuff with very little to show for it. And the reason why is that, as I've said before, in my writing and on this podcast, there are no magic bullets, okay? And again, I'm raising my hand to this because I wanted to believe so badly and I spent a lot of my own time and money chasing this stuff. But when we seek easy um, easy shortcuts or like workarounds or hacks, what we're really saying to ourselves, and perhaps on a subconscious level, but nevertheless saying very clearly is that we don't want to do the real work necessary to achieve our goals. I think most of us know deep down, and if you don't, I'm telling you right now, that the most important things to being successful are usually pretty simple things, and you have to execute them consistently. Now, simple doesn't mean easy. Um, depending on where you're starting, some of these changes could be quite challenging to execute. They can certainly be boring, which has challenges of its own. And they don't necessarily get you like really flashy six-week, 12-week transformations like you might see. But in the long run, these smaller changes, these simpler things done consistently help you build real skills. So first of all, you can actually maintain whatever results you get. And second, so you actually change on a deeper level. If we have really rapid transformation, like if, if we are somehow able to do that, it doesn't usually stick because we haven't changed who we are. We haven't changed uh, the way that we show up truly, like on a deep level, and we haven't built the necessary skills to maintain those results. So the stuff I'm going to share today, like I said, is not groundbreaking. Okay, so if you're listening to this episode looking for magic bullets, this is why I'm giving you this little preamble, you're probably going to be disappointed. But I'm willing to bet that you don't do these things every single day. I know that I struggle to do them every single day. And let this be a little reminder to you of some really simple things you can do to dramatically improve the way that you feel. People that I work with have a lot going on in their lives. They have a lot of interests. Uh, creative people especially need energy. They need mental juice to be able to do the things they want to do. And if you feel shitty and your body is feeling shitty and it's affecting your brain and you're, you know, foggy and tired, like it's not conducive to living a great life or being productive or even just enjoying yourself on a daily basis. So all that is to be, all that is I'm saying, excuse me, I'm saying all that because I just don't want you to write this stuff off. I want you to really consider how consistently you've been doing it. And if you haven't, you know, don't beat yourself up, but think of ways that you could start to sprinkle more of this stuff into your daily life. Okay, so without further ado, four simple things you can do to feel better starting today. The first is move your body more. I'm going to sound like a broken record here, but Everything that you feel like makes you you, you know, your brain, the way you think, your perceptions, like all of that might be happening in your head, but it lives inside of your body. So if your brain is unhealthy or excuse me, your, your body is unhealthy, um, it's absolutely going to affect your brain. Now, human bodies were designed to move like literally nearly every part of our physiology is designed to promote movement and energy production. So if you think about like prehistoric humans, 
Uh, sure, when they have a chance, would they absolutely rest? Yes. But by necessity, just to stay alive, their daily lives involved tons of low intensity movement. Lots and lots of walking, carrying. Uh, they'd have probably have to go retrieve water or if there was a hunt, they would have to bring back the animal carcass. You know, you might go out gathering for other types of food. You might be packing up your camp to move to another place. Like, Humans moved constantly, and our bodies and our brains reflect that. Now, in the modern world, we could get away with moving almost, you know, not at all if we wanted to, and some people live their lives that way. And while that might be more convenient, it might be more comfortable, and our brains might like it because, of course, uh, those early humans would have taken advantage of every rest opportunity that they could, it doesn't really serve us. We will feel significantly better if we get out of a sedentary lifestyle and we just move more often throughout the day. Now, I'm not talking about intense exercise here. You all know that I'm a fan of working out, lifting weights, doing cardio, but I'm talking about like just really low intensity, easy movement. The best proxy that we have for this is walking and looking at step count. So just to give you an idea, if you walk on average, fewer than 7,000 steps per day, you are considered sedentary. Now, you might not have a pedometer or even a Fitbit or something like that, but if you have a cell phone that you carry on your person, you probably have an app on there that tracks your steps more or less. Don't get super into the weeds with the exact number, but it'll give you a good ballpark. I know that if you have an Apple product like I do, you can go to the health tab and it has your steps for you. You might be amazed if you've never looked at this before. And we really, really, really want to aim to get that average step count, and so not necessarily every day, but over the course of days, weeks, and months, over 7,000 steps. Over 10,000 would be better, but if you're really low right now, 7,000 is a great first place to aim for. Now, there are so many ways that we can sneak movement into our day. So you can add short walks throughout the day, maybe first thing in the morning, maybe after a practice session, you know, maybe after dinner. Uh, if you're a kind of person who has meetings, perhaps you could take some of your meetings while you're walking, either on the phone or in person. If you are someone who spends a lot of time in the studio or the practice session, um, if going for a walk isn't necessarily practical, you could even do some low intensity movement drills, like doing some moving dynamic stretches or some body weight squats or something like that. Um, there are a lot of different opportunities to move more throughout the day. And I want you to start to view your day through the lens of how can I move more? Can I walk instead of take the stairs? Can I park farther away? Can I take the stairs instead of the escalator or an elevator? Um, can I run errands by foot? You know, any opportunity in your day to get up and move more, whether that's walking or doing some other kind of low intensity exercise, is going to help you feel better. Now, you're going to notice the biggest difference here if you're someone who's pretty sedentary right now. Excuse me. So I've had clients that only average like two or 3,000 steps a day. And when we worked up to 7,000, they reported that they had significantly more energy. A lot of them lost weight even without making changes to their diet necessarily. And pretty much all of them said that they just felt better in their body. They felt more connected to their body. And this is really what we're after here. So again, don't think of this as like intense exercise because it doesn't, I mean, it, 
exercise is great, but if you work out for an hour really hard and then you go sit for the rest of the day every day, you're still sedentary. So what I'm talking about is getting more of that low intensity movement throughout the day. Look for ways to walk more and be more active. This is one of the easiest changes that you can make to start to feel better right away. The second thing that I suggest is to try to eat fruits and or vegetables every day. Now, there are so many nutrition camps, like I couldn't even begin to tell you, and you've probably seen some of this yourself. One diet says one thing, another diet says the other thing. And I was really bogged down in a lot of this shit for a long time. But pretty much all diets, with maybe the exception of the um, carnivore diet, which is a subject for another time, they pretty much all agree that eating fruits and vegetables is good for you. So maybe you're a vegan, maybe you're an omnivore, you know, maybe you have some other diet you're following. Like most of them are going to tell you to eat fruits and vegetables. Now, some of them might tell you like, oh, don't eat this group of vegetables because they're bad for you. Like, whatever. I strongly encourage you to turn your bullshit meter way up when you have a diet that's telling you to avoid certain groups of food. I digress. So when we eat fruits and vegetables, we're giving our body the supply of micronutrients that it needs for optimal health. So macronutrients are things like protein, carbohydrates, and fats. So they're like big chemical compounds, and that has more to do with um, energy in the body, the way the body stores food, and the way the body produces energy. Micronutrients are things like vitamins and minerals, and those are much smaller compounds, and they don't necessarily have a direct role on energy, although they, they do play a role there. They're more important for like optimal physiological processes, you know, making sure that our brain is working well, that our heart is healthy, that we're digesting food well, that our skin is healthy, like all of the things that you would associate with good health and feeling healthy and vibrant. Fruits and vegetables are going to give you a ton of that stuff. And in my experience, if you are eating in a way that doesn't make you feel great, part of that typically includes not getting a ton of fruits and vegetables for whatever reason. Maybe you don't like them or you, you think you don't like them, maybe you don't know how to cook them, maybe you're eating out a lot. So wherever you find yourself, I would just take a look at your typical daily diet. You can kind of think about it, you could write it out. See, you know, am I eating fruits and veggies first of all? Like am I going days without eating them? Then you know exactly where to improve. You know, maybe you're only having them with one meal a day. I encourage you to just try to do a little bit more and a little bit better than you are right now. So if you think like I fucking hate vegetables. They're the worst. You know, maybe start with fruit because fruit tends to be a little bit more palatable, a little easier to eat. But look for ways to add it to just one meal. Like I've never met someone who has absolutely no fruits or veggies that they like. Usually someone has at least a couple that they know they like. Okay, great. Start with those. How can we eat more of those? If you are someone who likes fruits and veggies, but you just haven't been consistent with eating them, start to add them to more meals. If the reason you're not eating them is because you're eating out a lot, you know, depending on where you're eating, there's generally an opportunity for you to make a different menu decision that has more fruits and veggies. So even if you're someone who's playing a lot of gigs or is teaching all over the place and you're constantly eating on the go, you know, if you're grabbing a snack at like a 7-Eleven, they typically have cups of fruits or chopped veggies or they have pre-made salads. I know stores like Walmart and Target sell that stuff as well. If you're eating out at a nice restaurant, there's almost always an option that includes some vegetables. So just start to make this a uh, priority lens when you're deciding what to eat. How can I eat? First of all, how can I eat some fruits and vegetables, period, if I'm not eating any? And if I'm only eating some here and there, but I know that I have a lot of meals without them, how can I add them in? 
how can I eat more fruits? How can I eat more veggies? Now, if you're someone who already does this really well, great. You know, you're probably already reaping a lot of the benefits, the feel good benefits of eating veggies. Perhaps you could experiment with trying something new or eating even more fruits and veggies, or maybe you could try to eat some colors that you don't normally get. So for example, maybe you don't get a lot of blues and purples, but you get a lot of greens. So maybe you're going to go try an eggplant or get some blueberries or something like that. So eat more fruits and veggies. Ideally, we're going to be eating them at least five times a day. So I don't mean like five meals, but like five servings. So one meal could certainly have five servings. For example, if you have a salad with a bunch of veggies, that might have more than five servings. But if you're currently getting none, this is a big opportunity for you to put stuff into your body that's going to absolutely make you feel better, have more energy, feel more creative, and more engaged with your life. The third thing that you can do to start feeling better is to go to bed earlier. Now, I say this with a big caveat because if you work in the arts, or even if you don't work in the arts, but you're like an arts enthusiast, so um, someone like me, like I'm not a professional musician anymore, but I go to a lot of concerts and shows, a lot of that stuff happens at night. And it can be difficult sometimes to get the quote unquote right amount of sleep or to go to bed at a reasonable time. Like if you play a concert, that ends at 1030 and then you have to go home like you're going to go to bed late. Or if you work in nightlife or you go out to like electronic music shows like that is even later. So, you know, do the best that you can. But there are most likely going to be a lot of nights during the week where you have the opportunity to go to bed earlier. Now, let's say you don't have a real uh, work related or hobby related reason why you're going to bed late. A lot of times what I found with people is that they're up late because they're scrolling on their phone or they're watching TV. Now, I watch TV at night. I typically watch a movie or an episode and I certainly scroll on my phone, but I get up really early for work. So it makes it easy for me to go to bed at a certain time. If you don't necessarily have a reason to get up early, you're going to have to be a little bit more disciplined here. If Netflix is asking you, are you still watching? You know, and it's 2 a.m., like you need to go the fuck to bed, okay? There's there's not really a good reason for you to be up that late if you're interested in having energy and being focused the next day. If you're not, obviously you can do whatever you want. So if you kind of know that the reason you're staying up so late is because you're watching tons and tons of TV or scrolling or even falling into YouTube rabbit holes or whatever, I encourage you to set some boundaries there. So You could do like what I do, which is, you know, I'm only going to watch one episode or one movie. You'd have that kind of a limit. You could say that by a certain time, you're going to be getting ready for bed no matter what, even if you have to pause something. If you have a serious issue with your phone, you might even set a boundary that like after dinner, you're going to put your phone away. Or if that's too difficult, maybe like after 9 or 10 p.m., you're going to put your phone away. Something that's going to give you reason to go to bed. Your phone especially, but also TV, like it's so stimulating and it's kind of designed in a way to keep you engaged. Your phone especially because social media apps are like specifically built to keep people on the app as long as possible. So it's not even that like there's something wrong with you or like you don't have willpower, like the app is literally fighting you to stay awake. So that's where you have to kind of turn on the logic brain a little bit and make some clear decisions about how you're going to handle that situation. So you don't necessarily need to go to bed by like a certain time for everybody. Obviously, some people are going to be more morning uh, oriented and some are going to be more night oriented. 
But if you know you're staying up really late, not getting the hours that you would like, or if you just suspect that a lack of quality sleep is affecting you or one of the reasons why you don't feel as good as you want to, take a look at what you're doing in the evening, especially around technology. See if you can kind of shut that down a little bit earlier. The final thing that you can do to feel better right away is get outside more, get more sunshine. So it's starting to be winter here in the Northern Hemisphere, which uh, is where I assume most people listening at this point are located. So this gets a little bit tricky. The days get shorter. It gets colder. It's not as nice to be outside. But the sun actually plays a really important role in regulating our energy throughout the day. So you've probably heard of your circadian rhythm which is essentially like a 24-hour cycle, more or less, that's determining your energy levels. It's determining when you're falling asleep and when you're waking up. Now, a big part of this is um, certain hormones are going to be secreted in larger quantities at one time of day versus another. So, for example, in the morning, you're going to have a high amount of cortisol, which is known as a stress hormone in your body. And the reason why is that that's going to help you wake up and get going. Now, in the evening, this is assuming that you have sort of healthy circadian rhythm and and hormone levels, cortisol is going to fall a lot because if it's elevated, it's going to make it difficult for you to fall and stay asleep. And then on the flip side, hormones like melatonin, which are relaxing, are going to start to elevate. So there's kind of this give and take throughout the day with a whole bunch of different things. And one thing that makes this all work is actually sunshine. Now, this might seem crazy because like we're not a fucking plant. (laughs) Like you don't get energy from the sun necessarily in the way that a plant is going to have photosynthesis or something like that. But um, the amount of light is going to affect the secretion of these various hormones. So all that is to say that it's best to help regulate your energy if you get some sunshine earlier in the day. Okay. If you don't wake up super early, just as close to wake up as you can, You want to get outside and you want to get in the sun. Even if you're covered up because it's cold, it doesn't matter. Like you're going to get it through your eyes. Like it's going, you're going to get some of the effects of the sun. So a great habit to do, especially if you're a creative person who has some control over your own schedule, is to go for like a morning walk. Now, of course, this is going to tie in with uh, recommendation number one, which is to move your body more. But go out for just a short morning walk in the sunshine. If it's warm enough, you know, have some skin out, get those rays in, and then That is going to really help you feel more energized in the day. And it's also going to help you fall asleep easier in the evening. Just in general, uh, you know, aside from all this talk of circadian rhythms, like being outside tends to help us calm down. Um, If you struggle with anxiety or you're having a hard time focusing, like sometimes just getting out of your workspace, your studio, your practice room, whatever, and just getting out in nature, ideally without stimulation like a podcast. I know the ironic because I'm talking to you through a podcast, but just having some time to be out in nature and listen to kind of the sounds around you can really help a lot with just down regulating your nervous system and getting you to relax. The idea is that we're not going to be like in such a heightened state all the time because that is one of the reasons why some people feel so exhausted and feel so shitty. So this is just another way to kind of take care of your body, take care of your brain so that when you do need to perform and you do want to feel good, it's going to be able to do that for you and you won't have like depleted all of your resources. So again, you might have like seen a million things on the internet about, um, you know, adaptogens and like different supplements and strategies and biohacks to like have more energy and feel great. Like some of that stuff might work, but if you're not nailing these basics, honestly, it's not going to make that much of a difference. 
the great thing about this stuff is that it's accessible to just about all of us and it's accessible pretty much every day. I mean, you might have crazy days where you can't do this stuff, but for the most part, these are simple habits that you can build into your routine and they're absolutely going to have a huge impact on how you feel, especially if you're not doing them very consistently right now. Just to summarize, the first thing is to move more often, move more throughout the day, try to get your step count up, just try not to be sitting or standing in one position for the entire day. The more you can move, honestly, I mean, not forever, but to a certain point, the better. The second thing is to eat fruits and vegetables every day. Um, If you're currently eating none, you know, there's only room to grow. If you're already doing pretty well with this, see how you can be more consistent and maybe explore, try some different things. The more diverse um, selection of fruits and veggies that you eat, the more of those healthy micronutrients you're going to get and the better you're going to feel. The third thing is to go to bed earlier. It's one thing if you're staying up late because you're playing a concert or you're at an exhibition or you're at a show or something like that. But if you're just staying up late because you're watching uh, TV or you're scrolling on your phone, you're doing yourself a huge disservice and you're absolutely going to feel that in the way that you um, show up the following day or days. So set some clear boundaries around technology if that's keeping you from going to bed earlier. The final thing is to try to get outside more often. One part of this is ideally getting some sunshine first thing in the morning just to help regulate your energy levels throughout the day and make it easier to go to sleep at night. And then the other thing is like just get out in nature, get outside, walk around in the city, wherever. Like it's so helpful for our brains. It's like refreshing. Um, it's be- it's great for you if you spend a lot of time like working on a project by yourself or in a practice room or a studio or something like that. So I hope this is helpful. Um, as always, I love to hear from you if you have feedback on the episode, like you want to talk about something that I discussed, you want clarification, or if you have a request for a future show. My uh, DMs are always open on Instagram. I respond to everybody and I really love to hear from you. My handle is at Caroline Joster. I uh, won't be here next week, but I will see you in a couple weeks. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Building Stronger Creatives. If something you heard resonated with you, I would love for you to share this episode with someone else who might enjoy it. I also always appreciate comments, ratings, and reviews. These things help me get the word out to other creatives who could benefit from this type of information. See you back on the next episode. Until then, stay curious, stay passionate, and stay strong.